As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yay Networks. Welcome to another episode of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. I'm your host, Dr. Roddy Raban, and boy, do we have an episode for you. Uh, we are now going to be discussing not only just rhinoplasty, which we've discussed in the past, not only are we going to be talking about uh, rhinoplasty in young people or people that are in their 40s, but now we're going to be talking to an entire family. We're talking to the I'm going to butcher this. Terzian. Yes? That's correct. Yeah, Terzian family. And uh, we got a great episode in store for you. We're going to kind of just chat about the whole concept, this idea of mom, daughter, son. Is it right? Is it not right? Um, what it's like to have your children undergo a procedure. You had it done, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to definitely want to tune in and it's going to listen to this whole episode. Uh, welcome, guys. Um, let's introduce each of you one by one. Eric. Tell me a little about yourself. How old are you? Uh, I'm 18. 18. And when you had your rhinoplasty, your nose job, you were 17? No, I'm still 18. So 18. Got it. Okay, next. I'm Alina. I'm Alina. Okay, and how old are you, Alina? I'm 15. 15. Um, and then Mama, Helen. I'm 41. <laughs> 41. Got it. And Helen, when we did your nose, and we're going to talk about the whole story in a minute, how old were you? was almost three years ago so right so in your late 30s right yes okay awesome so you guys are amazing you guys i love you all you're one of my favorite families that i've had the pleasure of taking care of and um i appreciate you coming on because we talk about rhinoplasty all the time and i think the topic is obviously a big one there are millions of people globally who undergo rhinoplasty every year and you know I think this is a unique opportunity for us to discuss families, right? Whether it be parents, their children, how that dynamic works out, what's right, what's wrong. Do you let your children do it? It's kind of like telling your children not to smoke, but then you're smoking in front of your children. So it's like, what do you mean, mom? How can I not smoke? So we're going to have a kind of a open dialogue about all that. So um, the story goes as follows, right? Helen, uh, was we, in, we met you first, right? And you right. came to our office three years ago. Um, tell me what it was. I mean, here we have this juxtaposition. A lot of people get their noses done when they're young, young adults, 16, 15, 17, 19, maybe 20. Here you are in your late 30s. You obviously have a beautiful family. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't like my nose. Or no, you've always disliked it. Tell me a little about your journey and why you chose to do it later. So... 
the behind story was basically I had a medical issue, as you already know. Um, you know, by my neurologist surgeon recommend me to see a doctor, a nose doctor. Um, and then when they, you know, did the researches on me, they told me that I had a deviated septum. And they told me because of that, because of my issue, you're not having any, enough oxygen. So that's why you're having lots of blood pre pressure issues. So, um, and then after that, you know, after seeing the doctors, um, I, because I did have the, you know, a little bit of bump on my nose, I said, you know, because I'm going to go through all the surgeries, I'd rather to have the rhinoplasty in the meantime also. So I've been, I'm a person kind of that I'm not throwing myself to anyone, <laughs> to be honest with you. I've, I've been searching more than eight months to see, you know, to find the right doctor for us me at that moment so basically after you know reviewing all the reviews about your office about you so i decided to give a chance so i made the appointment i came to you and because of your honesty to be honest with you at this moment so because of the honesty you told me oh because you came for the problem i'm not gonna guarantee you that you're gonna you know be okay after that. So you can't just walk out from the office. But I said, you know, because you give me that honesty, I appreciate that at that moment. I said, okay, that's it. You're the one. So I went with you at that moment. And and we're honored that you came. You obviously didn't do, do enough homework because you didn't read all the reviews because you came anyways, but <laughs> nevertheless. Um, so your story was one that's quite common, right? So sometimes people come to us and they come they don't love the way their nose looks, but they come with the idea that, well, my breathing or functional issues are the real reason. Right. And while I'm there, well, why not? And so here are a few things that are important to know about that. First of all, a lot of times the diagnosis, so the diagnosis of deviated septum, as I've said on many, many occasions, every human being who's listening to this radio program has a deviated septum. I haven't even examined any of you. How do I know? Every person... The inside of their nose is crooked. I mean, no one's nose is straight inside. The issue that becomes important is, is the deviation, which I have, creating some kind of functional issue? I can't breathe out of the right side. I think I snore, blah, blah, blah. It turns out that a lot of times the deviation isn't doing that much or as much as people think. And in your instance, there was a lot of expectation regarding your well-being and your health riding on this deviated septum. So of course I examined you and I said, listen, you have a deviated septum. It's not horrific, but it certainly can be fixed. And when it's fixed, you will breathe through your nose better. Yes. But will it, oh, it'll get rid of my headache. It'll get rid of my blood pressure, my cholesterol. It's not going to do all those things. And so a lot of times doctors, especially doctors who are only doing noses, they tend to mislead you that this oh my God, this deviated septum. I've been living with this and they make it this huge deal. Then you are as a patient, very concerned. And then as a patient, you feel this urgency or this automatic need to get it fixed. And that couldn't be farthest from the truth. Out of the thousands of patients I've taken care of, maybe 1% have a deviated septum so severe that when you look in their nose, you're like, oh my God, holy crap, what the hell? Like, your whole right side of your nose is closed. Everybody else is mild or moderate. So the reason why I told you what I told you is 
listen, we can improve your deviated septum, but don't expect the world to happen as a result of correcting it. So the second thing is you said what a lot of people say, which is, well, I'm getting the inside fix. What the hell? Let me just fix the outside while I'm there. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm remodeling the kitchen. I might as well come remodel the bathrooms. That's right. The danger in that is that when you go to, there are sort of two kinds of nose doctors. Mm-hmm. There are nose doctors that treat breathing issues, functional issues. They're generally ear, nose, and throat doctors, ENTs. Mm-hmm. And then there are doctors who treat the beauty of the nose, the cosmetics, which generally falls under this plastic surgery term. But when you get a rhinoplasty, you need both of them to be excellent. Yes. You can't go in there for cosmetic reasons and then just whimsically fix your breathing. And you can't go in for breathing and just be like, yeah, while I'm there, why don't you make it pretty? The problem that I've seen many, many times is I see people for revision. They don't like the way their nose looks. And the story goes exactly like this. I went in 10 years ago to get my breathing fixed. And when I was there, I told the guy, hey, you know, you're there. Can you just fix this bump and this? And the next thing you know, I look like this. Because <laughs> You asked your plumber while he was there, can you fix the electric electricity while you're there? And so the thing that you need to keep in mind, which you did, is you want to hopefully identify someone who can, A, make your nose look excellent. There's no such thing as just a little hump or just a little tip. It's always complicated. And then you hope that someone will help you with your breathing. So when you're done, you're not worse than you were before you started. And I think that's really, really, really important because we get patients from both ends. We get patients who come in for cosmetics and they're like, well, while you're there, can you fix my breathing? And vice versa, they come in for breathing and while you're there, fix my cosmetics. So let me ask you something. After you did your septoplasty breathing mm-hmm. and your cosmetic rhinoplasty appearance, how was your symptoms of your, how was your breathing altogether? Well, what I've been through and what I am right now, it's 90%. I feel much better. I wish I could done this, you know, a years ago. More well, than- it, tur- it turns out that being able to breathe well through your nose is quite necessary. We underestimate as people walking around. I ask every patient, how's your breathing? Good, bad, or average? And everybody looks at me like, I don't know. The reason you don't know is because you don't have any point of reference. You don't know that your breathing is good or bad. You don't know it could be better. So it's quite common that after surgery, people are like, oh my, oh my God, wow, this is so much better than I was used to because you thought what you were used to was normal. Yeah. So that's fantastic. So you go and you do your rhinoplasty. That was three years ago. Your kids were younger. They were underage. But yes. as Middle Eastern, I'm Middle Eastern, you guys are Armenian. We know it's a des- we're destined, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just a matter of time. I just did my last, uh, I just did my third niece's nose yes. three weeks ago. So it's part of the rite of passage when you're of certain ethnic cultures. So here you have this beautiful son and this beautiful daughter. You did your nose and they're slowly growing up and your daughter is young and your son is young, but it's not too far away. So when was, I'm going to ask this of you guys. So Eric, Alina, when your mom did her nose, what did you guys think? 
Uh, immediately, like when I found out that she wanted to do it, I knew I wanted to do it too. Like ever since I was a kid, I always really didn't like my nose. So you were supportive. You you guys weren't like, "What are you doing, mom? Why are you crazy?" You, you got you. So Eric, you were like, "Do it, mom, because I'm next, right?" Yeah. What about you? What about you, honey? Uh, again, I knew since a young age that I wanted to do it, and we were supportive of her. Of course, we didn't think we were going to do it this young. We thought, like, okay, maybe 20s or whatever. But when she did it, then, like, three years later, when it was our, like, we were at the age where we could do it, we were like, okay, why not? This is why this is useful. One is, the fact of the matter is, Eric, your sister, your noses were amiable or had things that could be improved. That has nothing to do with anything other than this, just the the physics of your nose. Then there's cultural, right? It isn't like you're talking to a girl from Montana, although her nose won't look like, let's say a Persian girl or a Armenian girl, but the girl in Montana, it isn't part of their culture. It isn't as common. It isn't like a rite of passage, like a bar mitzvah or something. And mm -hmm. so, you know, here we are. My sister had her nose done. My mom had her nose done. My Nieces had their nose done. It's just part of what happens in our culture. And it's it's wonderful. I mean, these are people who blossomed and and just expanded their horizons as a result of feeling beautiful. But I wonder how much of it is cultural. Do you guys have other friends and family members who have done their noses, obviously, elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was a crazy thought to do it because you see everyone around you is doing it. So. Especially, like, in the family. But obviously they didn't, they did, you know, with other doctors. And again, <laughs> because of my researches that have been done, I was, you know, wondering to get a doctor who will do more natural work. So I went up with you. Right. So, so again, here we are as an Armenian community, there are probably, I don't know, 50 plastic surgeons who do rhinoplasty in Glendale and everywhere. And it's quite common that, you know, you go to school and then you come back and then all of a sudden your friends had all their noses done. So it's not uncommon for people to go to the doctor their friends went to. And it becomes this sort of thing where everyone kind of sort of starts looking the same. When I was in high school, umpteen years ago, it was the same thing. Like all the people that I knew in high school, they all went to the same two or three doctors because that's what you do when you're in a group. You just kind of follow the next person and everyone looked the same. I, whether it was good or bad, I don't know. But certainly when you're going, everyone is going to the same interior designer. Everyone's house looks the same. I mean, it is what it is. So it's, it's interesting that you, your mom did the homework. Now, here's the next question. So here's your mom. She did her nose. And... It's you guys are getting older. It's understood amongst yourselves that if when you get to an older age, you're going to be able to do your nose. Did you guys agree like, hey, mom, wherever you take us is fine. Or did you do your own independent research? Like, OK, yeah. So my mom did her nose. Who cares? I, I don't. It's, that's up to her. Hey, it's my turn. And I'm Eric and I want to go wherever the hell I want to go. So did you do your own homework, guys? <laughs> well we looked around of course but when we saw how great of a job you did with her and we like we were with her when she was doing all the research and seeing like all the reviews and everything we knew that we wanted to do it with you yeah so what if you guys looked at your mom's nose and it didn't look good would you have would, <laughs> no I, I'm, this is important yeah. stuff because i'm telling you all the things that i hear in my office so here i am i'm doing revision noses right People are coming to my office and I always ask them, what the hell happened? Why did, and many people say, I went to wherever my parents took me. I was young. 
my mom and dad knew this guy or he was a friend of the family or, you know, you know, when you're 25 and you have your own money and your own whatever, you can be like, hey, love you guys. I'm doing whatever the hell I want. Mm -hmm. When you're 16, 17, you got to sort of be on par with your parents. And if your parents are like, we're going to Dr. Joe Schmo, it's very hard at that age to be like, no, mom, I'm not going to go to him. You're kind of like, I'll take it, whatever you can get me. So I'm curious if your mom's nose didn't look good. Yeah. Would you guys have said something, not, hey, mom, your nose looks terrible. But would you have been like, hey, you know, I don't know if this guy's right for us. We're on Instagram. There's TikTok. Because, you know, you guys are a different era. Yeah. What do you think there? I mean, if, yeah, if it didn't look good, we probably would have said, like, let's find a different doctor. But because it did look this good, that's why we went with you. They still, you know, every day telling me that your nose looks better than ours. Yeah, well, that, there's a reason for that, because we're going to talk about the healing process. How long ago was your nose? Three plus years? Yeah, about, right? yeah. And how long ago was your guys' nose? About five months. Five months. So that would be the difference of, hey, your cake tastes better than our cake. Yes. Well, your cake is cooked and our cake is raw. Yeah. Well, of course your cake is going to taste better than my cake. So that's the, one of the things that we'll chat about when it comes to noses. And the reason I mentioned that is because, again, this is a unique dynamic. Here we have parents. We have children. We have this dynamic that we don't always have, which is, hey, I did my nose and so on and so forth. So did you guys feel like you guys wanted it and your parents were uh, – let me ask you this. I think in this instance it's not going to apply, but there are instances where parents – pressurize their children to get things done. And there are instances where parents won't allow their children to get things done. In this instance, it's unique because I can't imagine you guys would go to your parents and be like, hey, I want to get my nose done. And she'd be like, no. But do you know of people who desperately want to do it and they don't have the support of their parents? Yeah, we definitely know people whose parents aren't as supportive. And what's that like for them? Because remember, you're a young person and you're at the mercy of your parents in that they have to agree. They have to fund it for the most part. So obviously you feel lucky that your parents were open-minded, but tell me what you think it's like when they're like, here is you want to get this thing done and your parents are not on board. I think it's hard because it's a difficult decision to make, especially for your parents, because they are thinking, okay, why, why should my kids have to go through that? And they have to pay for it, of course. And so it's, it's a difficult decision to make, but we were just lucky to have done it like after our mom where she already went through it. She knows the experience and they were just more supportive of us. Yeah, I have I have a lot of friends who was like, they were like, I don't know, making fun of me or not, but they're like, are you, did you lose your mind? Why are you, you know, both of them putting into the surgery? I'm like, Come on, they need this and they feel confidence to go to it. So it's 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 their choice. It's not like I'm pushing them to go, but if they really want to do it, why not? So this is a very interesting dynamic, right? There are people listening yeah. that for them, this would be insane. Here, you did your nose, Helen, you were a grown woman and you had a medical condition, whatever. Yeah. So they can justify it. Here, your daughter's 15 and a half. Your son was 17 or is 18. Oh my God, you are a horrible parent. I can't believe you would allow them to do it. And then there are parents who are listening who understand this. And they're like, 
I want to be supportive for my children. These are good kids. They're not asking to tattoo, you know, their favorite, you know, singer's name on their forehead. And I allow them to do it. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what has changed in the two of you as a result of the changes that you experience. And then we'll talk about whether or not your mom is a good mom, mom and dad, of course, but, or was it a bad idea, right? Because, you know, the world is, we're all looking at each other and we're all passing judgment. That's just the way it works. Oh my God, the Kardashians, this, oh my God, Bobby, but that's just how it is. And the point of these dialogues is to have this conversation, right? In our culture, in our communities, this is like no brainer, but there are people for whom this would be like insane. Like let them become 30 and let them figure out whatever the hell they want to do. And then the argument is why should they suffer? Because I know that they're going to be insecure from the age of 15 to 30. Well, how is that going to benefit them? So we're going to take a break and then we're going to talk about what actually happened. How, what impact has this done for the three of you? All right. So you better listen in for the second half of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back to the second half of this incredibly interesting episode of Plastic Surgery Uncensored. I am honored to be here. We're talking to the Terzian, Terz, I am going to just butcher the hell out of it. I'm, for God's <laughs> sakes, I'm Persian. Uh, Terzian family. And we're talking about a really kind of a fascinating concept. And it all is a matter of if you're looking at this quarter from the tail side or the head side. So Helen did her nose three years ago. Her two beautiful children did their nose five months ago. I forgot to mention that you guys did it on the same day. Yeah. Um, you know, one back to the back, which by the way, from a logistical standpoint, if your parents are helping you, it's obviously makes sense because everything is the same, the follow-ups, the visits, it's, it really is, if you can do that, it's like having your two kids on the same soccer team. Anyway, so we're gonna come back and I'm gonna t ask you one by one and we're gonna discuss what is the impact? What actually, yeah, okay, your photo looks better. Nobody gives a shit about your photo. What has changed in your lives individually, each of you, so that if someone is listening and perhaps unsure as to why the heck you would do this, you can explain to them 
why it was beneficial or why it was a good decision for you. Maybe not for them, but for you. Let's start with you, Helen. So three years ago, you did this nose. You're a grown woman married with kids and you had this medical condition. We've already established that your breathing is 90% better and these symptoms are 90% better. Let's talk about the aesthetics. How you feel? How did it make you feel? Now you have this nose change. You look one way, now you look the other. What is the impact? Well, uh, definitely it changed. It, it's overall is changing you. So I heard, you know, a lot of people, they're saying me, you know, you look better before your nose was, you know, matching you much better. I heard much more people that they're saying, oh, you look much younger like this. You look much better like this. So the issue is how you feel inside. You need to be confident every time, either if you're, you know, uh, taking a photo or, you know, watching yourself in a mirror or whatever. I'm more, I feel more confidence. I feel more beautiful. <laughs> Thank you to you. So it's, it's, it's like overall, it changed my life. Like I said, I feel much better in my, with my condition and I feel much better that I have this beautiful, you know, face at this moment. So, so like you said, it's perfect, right? There's going to be people that like it bad, but it's all about you. So you feel as a result of the way your nose looks now, you feel more confident. Okay, great. And that's what we hope from these procedures. But what does that translate to? So for example, you're married, your husband loves you. He thinks you were gorgeous. He married you. When he sees you now versus when he saw you for 15 years before, what's his comment? He's the guy that sees you the most. Yeah, I wish he was here so he can answer that question. <laughs> but but um, you know, as a as a family from my kids and from my husband, you know, I did got that support to going through this at that, uh, you know, three years ago to be in a surgery. So, I mean, everyone's saying, like I could say, like my family, every one of them are saying that, you know, I feel much beautiful. But again, I did got the support from all of them at that moment. And like personally, me, myself, I'm very like stressful with, you know, with everything. I wasn't sure, sure to go through it or not. Even, I don't know if you will remember or not, but the surgery date when I was there, um, you told me, you know, you have, you're too much stress you're having. So it's better probably if we cancel the appointment and reschedule it. My husband told me, no, 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 while she's here, just go ahead and do it. Because if we go, I don't think she will come back. So. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm famous for canceling surgery the day of surgery. Yeah. Because unlike my wife, who's had four spine surgeries, who has no choice, you have a choice and you're choosing to do this. And we, meaning me, I want you to do this when you're the most excited. Everyone is stressful. Everyone is stressed, but we want your excitement to outweigh the stress. All right, guys, let's shift over to Eric and, uh, and let's talk from the perspective of a young man. Here you are. You got a nice beard. You're, you know, a good looking guy. Men, does it matter? Noses, no one cares, blah, blah, blah. And you did your nose because it bothered you. So tell me a little about the emotional aspect. So before and how you feel now and why you could say for you it was well worth it yeah so basically before let's say when i'm going out somewhere like i would always have like that feeling like someone's looking at from my side profile and they're seeing like the big nose like someone's thinking i have a big nose 
my side profile isn't good or whatever. But basically, after the surgery, I have more confidence. I'm more happy with it. I feel like I can talk to more people, basically. And you, you feel, and so that's a very common statement. The common statement when you ask people to verbalize, what is it you feel? They say that when I talk to people before, I felt preoccupied that they were looking at my nose and I was worried about them looking at me while I were talking to me. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, basically. And would you find that you would be standing in certain ways when you're talking to people so they're not looking at your side or something? Did you have that also? Yeah. Right. And then the idea is when you talk to people, you want to look them dead in the eye and you want to pay attention to whatever the hell you guys are talking about. You don't want to be talking about, oh, I think, I, did I pay for my meter? Did I put money in my meter? Wait, oh my God, we forgot to turn off the water. You, you don't want to be distracted when you're talking to people. And do you find now when you're talking to people, do you find that you're paying attention and you don't even pay attention to your nose? Or what, what's going on now when you're talking to people? I'm just overall more confident. Like I'm just like talking with them basically more personally, not, not like worried about it from the side profile. And that, and that's what people state, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, Alina, you are a young girl. So that's a perspective of a young man. Here you are a very young girl, right? And people are going to ask, oh, what's the right age for a young person to do it? So we generally, right? We say the word generally. We generally have a cutoff, right? We do cleft lips at three months, six months. So obviously the issue is not going under anesthesia. The issue is we want you to be skeletally mature. You're skeletally mature quite early. It's more mentally mature. Right? You don't want to do a nose job on a young girl or a young man who's super immature. And I have passed on young people who, when they, in, when they meet them, they're really immature. Like you can tell they're immature. It doesn't matter if they're 18, 17, 19, and you were exceptionally mature. Very poised, very confident, just very calm. You weren't, you weren't not able to get eye contact because. You know, we say girls can do it around 16, whatever the hell that means, and boys can do it around 17, whatever the hell that means. So does that mean if you're 15 and eight months at your 16th birthday, magically something happens? No, no. It's just a rough guard um, uh, uh, rule of thumb. So you were young, but you were very mature. So we, we as a collective group, me and your mom and your family and your dad, because we met everyone together, thought it was a, not an unreasonable thing to do. So tell me about your personal journey as a young girl, because it's going to be different than your brother. So what was bothering you or how did it impact? How did your nose impact you before? Well, before it's like, okay, you're talking to someone, you're taking a picture with your friends or whatever. You don't, you like position yourself specifically in a different way so that it doesn't show. Whereas let's say now I'll be talking to someone and they'll be like, Sometimes they'll even compliment. They'll be like, oh, you have such a great nose. And it just feels so natural that sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, like I don't even feel a difference like that. that you don't feel like, oh, you did it. It feels something like it feels like you've always just had it like this. So for you, it feels quite seamless, would you say? It just seems like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's only been five months, right? So here you've lived with your nose for 17 years, 18 years, 30 years. And then magically within a short period of time, it's kind of like, oh, I've 
always, oh my God, I've never, you showed me that picture. I forgot what my nose looked like. It's like, what do you mean? It was like five <laughs> months ago. It's actually that crazy of a transformation in your brain. In other words, I am certain if I pull out all three of your photos and we looked at them together, each of you individually, you'd be like cringing, like, oh my God, what the, what? We, no way. That's not my photo. Yeah. Right? That's right. So the thing about it, and we want to stress this, is it's not for everybody. It's not for every individual. But the idea when it's done correctly is that it takes a person who's otherwise fine, who is conscious all the time about their nose. It's something that's sort of there in the background socially. And then when you do your nose and hopefully you do it and you like it, it just disappears. It's just not there anymore. You can just be. Is that is that how you feel? Yeah, definitely. Eric? Yeah. Eric, you're a DJ, right? Correct. Right. I promise you that if you come on the podcast, I'm going to give a plug to your DJing <laughs> business. What's the name of your DJ business? Uh, it's just my name. So just DJ Eric Entertainment. DJ Eric Entertainment. Did you hear that, guys? Awesome. <laughs> I just, I, I, uh, you know, it's not every day that people are willing to come, get on, get in the public, talk about their experiences. So I promised him I'd give him a shout out. So, you know, I thought this was an interesting conversation because it, it has all the dynamics. There are parents who are listening, who their children want to do this. When your child becomes a grown adult financially and can be on their own, you kind of, yeah, you'll give them advice, but they're kind of going to do whatever the hell they want. This is about parents whose children and young adults, rather, are still under their wing. You can or can't make things happen for them based on what you guys choose to do. And it's a very difficult decision. Now, in your instance, it was easier because you had already done it and you understood it, much like I've had moms come and bring their daughters for breast reductions because they had large breasts. They suffered. And there was like, I want this for my daughter. Uh, I suffered for years. I don't want her to suffer. So this is the same idea. But there are parents who are like, I think she's perfect, my daughter or my son. I, I don't. And they're torn because on one end, they're like, how can I, as a good parent, allow my son or daughter to like alter their face? I mean, isn't that a bit extreme? because of insecurity, come on, get over it. And they'll minimize it. And they feel like they're a bad parent if they give in. And then there are parents who are like, how can I, if this brings my child freedom, happiness, confidence, joy, and it's gonna set them free, how can I not do that for my child? Why should my son or daughter Every time they're in a social setting, every time they're in a picture, every time they want to go on a date, have to think about their nose when I could do something about it. So it's a really tricky situation. It also depends greatly on the children, right? We've had, you know, you have to be mature. I'm certain that your parents looked at you guys both and you're both solid, right? None of you are doing crazy things. You're not reckless. You're good, um, you know, good people with good heads on your shoulders. So I've had people where they brought their daughters or sons in and you could tell that the kid is not ready and they're not making a good choice. 
Mm. You know what I mean? So I, 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 you know, I think this dynamic is very unique and special because it speaks from both ends. Because at the same time, you got to get this, these, you're, you're two young adults and you kind of were at the mercy of your parents. What if your mom said no? What would you have done if your mom said no? <laughs> That's I, know that you, I know that you didn't think about that yeah. because it was almost understood. But just for a moment, just imagine, here you are, Eric, you're 18. You go, hey, mom, dad, I want to get my nose done. Eric, I don't think it's a good idea. You know, it may look feminine. You, you, you know, why don't you try to first feel confident with yourself? Blah, blah, some mumbo jumbo. Mm -hmm. What would you do? I mean, I would take their opinion into consideration, but most probably I would have just waited, tried to convince them more, bring up more points, like try to basically raise my argument. And then if they continue to say no. <laughs> If they continued to say no, I would have probably just waited longer and I still would have went forward with it. Right. You would have done it because at the end of the day, no one can forbid you from doing anything in, until you're a certain age, right? And that certain age is like, listen, I love you guys, but I can afford this myself. I can do it. So when parents shut down their kids when it comes to this kind of things, which is a very tricky subject to discuss, know that your child will eventually likely do whatever it is that you're telling them not to do because it's a matter of time that they can do it without you. So you're kind of almost better off. And this is another comment that I've had parents say, I don't think my son or daughter needs this because they're beautiful. But I see that there is something here and I'd rather be involved, help them go somewhere great because finances plays a huge role in that and help them get a good result than for them to not do it, barely afford it, and then go to some crappy ass place and get it done and destroy their lives. That's a reasonably good argument, right? Because let's say, Eric, let's say, Alina, you, you become 19 and you save all the money that you do over summer. You know, you work, you make money and you get together, I don't know, four grand. And by the time you save enough money at 18, you can go and do this on your own, right? You don't need your parents' permission. And you take $4,000, which is not much today in plastic surgery, and you call your friends and you call her friends and you find some clinic to do it. And your nose looks terrible. Let's say your nose looks terrible. Let's say you both did your nose and it looked terrible. What would that do to you today? Do you think you'd be as confident as you are well, just like how this one makes you feel more confident and say if it's worse, then it's going to ruin your life. It's not going to make it any better, for sure. For sure, right? And we've had people who come for revisions and they're devastated that my nose wasn't good, but at least it was my nose. I had no choice. Now it looks terrible and I did this to myself. So another argument that's been made is like you rather be involved in your pair, in your kids' lives and help them than to and tell them no, 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 no. And then eventually they do something crazy without you. And then now you're like, God, I should have been in there. I could have helped them go to a much better place. So I think all these are really, really valuable discussions amongst parents and children. And here we have you guys as an awesome, awesome example of, I think, an ideal way for parents and child or parent and young adult to interact. You know, you don't force them, you guide them, you obviously serve by example, and then you help them go to the best place possible. And your best wish is that they're happy. And and I think Helen, you guys did a great job. They look quite happy to me. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I think that was a pretty good uh, good discussion. Any last minute thoughts? Things that you want to say? Because this is your chance to 
to, to tell people whatever you think is important about rhinoplasty or your experience? Well, if, if there is any parents out there, if their child wants to do something like this, I will, I will suggest to you guys to definitely be supporting more to them and understand their situation. Obviously, every parents, for every parent, their child are beautiful. But when they have an issue, you want them to be solved, to be more beautiful, right? That this, especially in this, um, you know, years, we have a lot of rhinoplasties or any other, you know, so the surgeries that they're doing that will change overall their whole life. Basically, I will suggest everyone to understand their situation, even though as a parent, if they didn't went through it, to encourage them to go for it and be, you know, I mean, in their sight, so they won't do any other stupid stuff and then come back to you so you will know what to do at that moment. Just be there for them. And I mean, my kids, everyone was saying, oh, why are you doing this? Your kids are beautiful. No, they are beautiful, right? But they had the, you know, a nose issue. <laughs> They're more beautiful right now. <laughs> but, you know, go for it. Be supportive to that. Yeah, I agree. You guys, Eric? Alina, any last minute parting words for people that might be in your situation? I guess if someone's young, like me, my, my age, and they're thinking of doing it, I would say go for it because it's like she did it when she was in her late 30s. And she always said like, oh, I wish I had done it sooner. It's yes. so much better now. And I guess I'll never have to say that because I did it young and I'm happy with it. Yeah, that's very, that's very powerful, right? You have 16 years or a little more than your mom of worry-freeness where you don't have to worry about this. Just very true. All right, Eric, close us off here. Say <laughs> something profound for Dan, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. They obviously, like, after we did this, we got a lot more happier. We're more going forward. We're more happy. Yeah, I agree. Well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I know you guys were busy and you got things to do, but I ho hopefully as a result of your... Um, conversation and putting yourselves out there some other people will benefit and it'll help kind of bridge the gap between parents and children who want to do this um, all right guys until next week this is dr roddy raban plastic surgery uncensored please join us uh on our next episode i don't know what it's going to be about but i'm sure it's going to be awesome download subscribe and most importantly share this podcast with people you know and love so that we have uh an audience for which to do this uh the show all right guys signing off until next week Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Plastic Surgery Uncensored with Dr. Roddy Raban. We would love your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode or if you find our podcast helpful, tell us why. Leave us a review and make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have a topic you would like for us to discuss in an upcoming episode, please reach out to us on Instagram at Dr. Roddy Raban, on Facebook at Roddy Raban, or at RoddyRaban.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.